Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil Ecolona, and this is Nashville. Today, we're bringing you a special mayoral forum, which was hosted by Meharry Medical College and the Urban League of Middle Tennessee on August 23rd. The forum was held virtually in partnership with WPLN and the Tennessee Lookout, and it featured both candidates, Freddie O'Connell and Alice Rowley. Note for listeners, this recording has been edited for length and clarity. All right, to get things started, here's Dr. James Hildreth, president and CEO of Meharry Medical College. Good evening. And welcome to tonight's mayoral forum. Meharry Medical College is honored to host our mayoral candidates, Freddie O'Connell and Alice Raleigh, in a candid conversation focused on recognizing, protecting, and improving our home, North Nashville. As our candidates know well, Nashville is a boom town and has been for several decades. This growth is positive, but its benefits have not been comparable across all neighborhoods and communities, including in North Nashville. Across the river, billions are being spent to develop the East Bank. Yet in North Nashville, our residents are facing sky-high rent, unreliable transportation, and poor health outcomes. Many who have raised their families here for generations are being forced to relocate. Many of these residents remember when North Nashville was a central hub for Black commerce and entrepreneurship within our city. Home to three HBCUs, Meharry Medical College, Fish University, and Tennessee State University, Jefferson Street was once a thriving center for Black-owned business and community life. With the construction of Interstate 40, that community was split, a seemingly direct attempt to alienate and segregate those residents from the rest of the city. 60 years later, little has been done to heal this fracture. Now is the time for the next mayor to rectify the damage and uplift and empower the existing North Nashville community instead of attracting new residents and displacing the existing families that call this home. Meharry Medical College and our neighboring HBCUs are eager to collaborate with the city, developers, and community by breaking ground on the academic bio, a bold recognition of the strong historic academic assets within North Nashville. We're optimistic about how our combined efforts will build a prosperous and vibrant neighborhood. Freddie and Alice, I'm intrigued and excited to hear how you plan to uplift our community and neighborhood. I look forward to our work together. Without further delay, I will pass it on to our moderator, Ronald Roberts, to get us started. Thank you, Dr. Hildreth, for doing a great job of setting the stage for tonight's uh, event. My name is Ronald Roberts, and I'm a managing partner at Finn Partners and I will be serving as your moderator tonight. So here's the format we'll be using. Each candidate will have two minutes for opening remarks. Once they've concluded those remarks, I will ask a series of questions and each candidate will have two minutes for those responses. When we get to the last five minutes of the forum, each candidate will have two minutes for closing remarks. We did a drawing prior to the start of the forum to see who would go first and Freddie O'Connell was selected to go first. 
My name is Freddie O'Connell. I grew up here in Nashville. I grew up on the west side of town in the Richland West End neighborhood. My mom was a 40-year career teacher. My dad was a federal employee for most of his career, ending as a ranger for the U.S. Army Corps uh, and was a songwriter on the side. I've got a younger brother. Uh, my parents are still in the house we grew up in. Uh, and for the past 16 years, I've lived in the Salem Town neighborhood in North Nashville, uh, and the entire reason we live there is because of Mary Medical College. Uh, Whitney Boone, my longtime uh, partner, got uh, into Mary. She was part of the class of 2011, and our pathway to home ownership was one of two young people uh, trying to make a life for themselves and owning a home before we ever owned a car. Uh, so we needed to be close enough to the campus and the community so that Whitney could walk, ride, or take a bus uh, to start her medical education at Meharry. Uh, she graduated class of 2011. She is now a pediatric neurologist over at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. We are raising our two daughters uh, in Salem Town. They are uh, both in our metro schools, uh, one in elementary, one in middle. And over the past year, we've been having an important conversation about how the future of this city uh, needs to pursue a public investment strategy of building a Nashville for Nashvillians. My name is Freddie O'Connell. Hope to earn your vote on September 14th. Ronald, thanks so much. Thank you, Freddie. Now, Alice. Hello, my name is Alice Rowley. I'm so glad to be with everyone virtually tonight. And like Freddie, I'm sorry that I cannot see your faces in front of us, um, but glad to be here and, and with you virtually. And thank you, Dr. Hildreth, for hosting us virtually as well. I think we first met three years ago uh, when you made your first visit to Fort Negley over here in my neighborhood of Edge Hill. Um, and was honored to, during the Juneteenth celebration, to take you around and show you what was so important about getting our finances right and about the work that we did to stop giving away our city's assets through the side door to out-of-state developers. I am a Nashville native, uh, an MNPS graduate. I grew up on Charlotte Pike with Interstate 40 in my backyard. I served as a public school teacher early on in my career when well-intentioned public policy made class sizes 20 to one, but no one really thought about, do we have enough teachers to teach? Um, I uh, have uh, for almost 20 years been married to my husband, an army doctor, um, and so understand uh, the challenges of public health and the challenges of serving large populations of people dedicated um, to serving their community. Um, I am honored to have this opportunity to run and serve as our city's 10th mayor to reset the compact between our citizens and our city hall. Uh, look, there are things that we can all sit here and say eight years ago were better than they are today. And I think as Dr. Hildreth laid out in his opening video, there is a real opportunity for a fresh change, a new direction to build a bridge with our neighbors at the federal and the state government to bring the needed resources here to Nashville and to our community. And I look forward to visiting more about that. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. Thank you, Freddie. We want to start with healthcare. And according to National Health, nearly half of all the Black people in Nashville are dealing with or are been diagnosed with high blood pressure, compared to only 27% for white residents. Health disparities such as high blood pressure seem to be impacting the communities of Black and Brown people more than other communities. So my first question, and we'll, Freddie, we'll start with you, is do you believe there's a role for local government in improving health outcomes? So the, the short answer is yes. Um, this is a place where 
Uh, again, we're a medical family. Uh, we're very fortunate to have uh, high quality medical advice under our roof from a highly qualified uh, physician. We know that it's critically important, not only who teaches our children, uh, who rescues us during times of crisis as first responders, and, and that all of these professionals actually reflect the communities in which they live. And that this includes our public health professionals uh, and all health providers. So one, I'll say Mary Medical College already in training Black physicians, uh, primarily as a historically Black college and university, uh, plays a critically important role. The relationship with Nashville General Hospital plays a critically important role. Uh, we know that Nashville General uh, will, we, we know that there is always going to be a model uh, for a public safety net hospital care. Uh, this is going to be one of those conversations, though, that moves beyond just a single building uh, close to Meharry's campus. This is going to be a clinical model uh, that expands across the city. Meharry's got clinics already. Uh, Nashville General has begun a clinical model. Uh, but some of this is also awareness. I've been proud to partner over the past few years with the Matthew Walker Comprehensive Healthcare Center. Uh, they have added dentistry, uh, they have also worked with as a partner to public schools where we've had chronic absenteeism and tried to lower it, making sure that the community is aware of the importance of having a primary care provider, uh, making sure that there is access. Local government can do a lot also on helping people find their way through the thicket of local, state, and federal programs. We've had local partners uh, do a lot to increase participation in the Affordable Care Act insurance programs that are available. Uh, this is, I would say, Metro as a government, as a local government, has a lot to do uh, to work on ensuring equitable access. And as someone whose family has had uh, issues with high blood pressure, I know how important that element is too. Thank you, Freddie. Alice, I'll repeat the question for you. Do you believe there's a role for local government in improving health outcomes? I do, yes, believe that there is a role for local government. And actually, I was thinking back uh, to the morning of March 27th, one that our uh, city will never forget, but I actually started that day on the phone with Dr. Bill Frist, the, uh, the former Senate Majority Leader, talking about just this, the challenges that we have in Davidson County around health outcomes, both for uh, our black and brown population, low income population, as you have pointed out, but as our county as a whole, our county is incredibly unhealthy when we compare ourselves to many of our neighboring counties. So the role of city government here first is around education and awareness. We see one of the strongest correlations between the education of our children and of our families and their health attainment. So when we get education right, we help uh, health for generations. Secondly, it's about education from our, um, th throughout our systems of healthcare. As a mother myself, it's appalling to see the rates of maternal uh, infant and maternal mortality uh, for our African-American mothers in our city and in our country as a whole. Uh, third, it's to leverage this, the incredible assets that we have here, both with Meharry and General Hospital, but also with being the healthcare capital of the world to say, if we can get it right for the country, we have to get it right in our own backyard. Mm -hmm. So bringing to bear our partners uh, in industry and our partners here locally and tackling some of these challenges. Um, so I would say that the issue is one for local government. It is about our overall cost and quality of life to our citizens. And it is about, frankly, for our youngest uh, students getting, uh, get, getting the education up so that their lifetime trajectory is, uh, is more favorable. 
We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more from the mayoral forum hosted by Meharry Medical College and the Urban League of Tennessee. Stay with us. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona, and this is Nashville. Today, we're bringing you a special broadcast of the August 23rd Mayoral Forum hosted by Meharry Medical College and the Urban League of Middle Tennessee. The forum was held virtually in partnership with WPLN and the Tennessee Lookout. Here again is moderator Ronald Roberts. As we're all aware, Nashville is currently dealing with another COVID impact. I mean, it's hitting us all. The question for you both is, is the city ready for a potential next epidemic? And if not, what can we do in the near time and long term to address it? Yeah, it is something that has had long and lasting effects on our workforce uh, and the way we treat office space. It has it is something that is continuing to have long lasting impacts on individual health as we grapple with the number of people that I know personally, and the number of people we know that exist in the world with long COVID symptoms. Overall, I would say we still have work to do uh, for preparedness for a variety of different kinds of disasters, but I will say uh, there are signs that we are getting better. Uh, in the aftermath of the uh, Nashville bombing and Christmas a few years ago, and in the aftermath of uh, the Covenant shooting, these are types of events that first responders uh, did very well, and even the medical community uh, has been very well prepared for them as tragedies and traumas that may have medical side effects. I would say, though, there is work still to be done. One of the things I got very involved with in the conversation that we were having about COVID was the tense conversation about masking. And we have uh, very few buildings in the city at this time that have done the work necessary to reduce viral load or improve ventilation and HVAC uh, engineering. These are technologies that are available to us right now and that we should be leveraging more of. Uh, there's a technology called FitWell uh, that works on HVAC and it literally does reduce viral load with inside buildings. There are elements like that that we need to be doing in addition to the other medical, direct medical preparedness uh, for pandemics. But we do have a crisis response network that I think uh, has been effective from a first responder network. And now it's time to build out our second responder network, including mental health professionals. Alice, the question again is, is the city ready for a potential next epidemic? And if not, what do we need to do? Our city has been tested more in the last four years um, than probably any time in its previous 60. So I do believe that our, our city has learned quite a bit coming through COVID and coming through some of these other tragedies. Um, but I would also say our city right now is tired and our city and our healthcare workers are worn out. Our mental health, uh, our ability to recruit enough mental health providers for our schools for our frontline uh, workers who experience ongoing trauma from uh, all of these different tragedies is that we are pretty stretched thin. So I think anyone would be remiss and it almost feels like it's tempting fate to say that we're ready for the next pandemic. I think that we have enough structure in place from the last. I think we have enough muscle memory in place from the last. But I think we've also learned some things about our community. 
Um, I was honored recently to have earned the support and endorsement of Fran Bush, a member of the Metro Nashville Public Schools uh, Board, and the only person who consistently voted to reopen schools. I think we have seen some of the damage that that has caused. And so I would ask ourselves, our leadership, if it is me or if it is Councilman O'Connell, that we uh, recognize that if we are going to close our classrooms, we should close our cash registers. If we are going to put our children and our most vulnerable children further behind in decisions that we make, uh, that we are uh, doing the same for private schools and our own children too. I don't believe that there should be two separate responses for two separate populations. I believe that all children in Nashville should have the same opportunity to learn. Thank you, Alice. We're going to now move from healthcare to jobs and affordable housing because it's all is connected. Nashville has been experiencing an economic boom for a number of years. We've been the it city for a while, but not everyone is benefiting from that boom. A lot of residents in North Nashville and other parts of Nashville cannot afford to live close to the jobs that are better paying jobs. So this leads us to these questions. If you're elected mayor, what are you going to do about the increase in housing costs leading to a lack of affordable housing, specifically in areas such as North Nashville? And please be specific with your response. Freddie? Great, thank you, Ronald. Um, here we have a bunch of interconnected issues, right? So the things that I'm planning to do really uh, tackle this in three different ways. We do need to tackle housing. Um, in that regard, we have an excellent affordable housing task force report, a lot of whose elements are underway, uh, but this is exactly the time to double down on our investments and look forward, not say, hey, we started progress and now should let up. Uh, Mayor Cooper also recently invested $50 million to ensure we're successfully mitigating homelessness. We have a strategic community plan there that's being refreshed right now. Now. We also have a unified plan for housing that the housing division planning is working on. Uh, these elements will be ready to hit the ground running with. Uh, and we're very fortunate that uh, Mayor Cooper and the Metro Council that I'm a part of uh, took part of this year's budget uh, and invested for the third straight year the recommended $30 million in the Barnes Housing Trust Fund. But this isn't enough, not just the housing supply and specific affordable housing targets that are there. Uh, we also have to lower household transportation costs. That comes by working on the largest missing ingredient we have as a major American city, which is a transit system that is meaningful for more Nashvillians. It was our pathway to home ownership. I want that opportunity and the financial empowerment uh, that comes from having the option to move around the city in cost-effective ways to be available to more Nashvillians. And the final piece is wages. One of the things I've proposed as an Office of Opportunity that we will focus on four key areas. We'll focus on youth opportunity. We will focus on workforce development and programs like Nashville Grad that help students in Nashville State offset the cost of books and supplies. We will focus on traditional economic development but alongside community development, and we will focus very intentionally on DBE economic development uh, as we have the East Bank to develop out, and I think we will look forward for, to affordable housing and economic opportunity there that is more broad-based than any other project we've seen before. Thank you very much. Alice, again, the question is, if you're elected mayor, what will you do uh, to offset the increase in housing for those who can't afford it? So specifically in the in the North Nashville corridor, which I'm very pleased that the North Nashville Transit Center is uh, is coming online to better serve the area so that we can build affordable housing and expand affordable housing along our transit corridors that are important to help 
uh, individuals across the county to get to their place of work, to get to their place of worship, to get uh, to uh, to their shopping and other and other life needs. So very pleased to see that finally coming online. Um, first, I would say is to begin to run the city within our means, uh, the way that most of our neighbors uh, seem to be able to do. We have over the last eight years pushed on a per capita basis our property taxes up over 70%. That has caused a lot of long-term neighbors uh, to have to make a hard decision around whether or not they have to sell their home uh, because they cannot afford the taxes or to or for landlords to pass on significantly higher rent costs uh, due to those increased costs. Um, I'd like us to look as we have to continue to participate in the capital stack of affordable or of multifamily units um, where appropriate so that we can set aside more units voluntarily uh, to be affordable and in particularly for families uh, and individuals in that harder to serve 35 to $75,000 a year um, uh, income level. Thanks for tuning in to this special broadcast of the August 23rd Mayoral Forum hosted by Meharry Medical College and the Urban League of Middle Tennessee in partnership with WPLN and the Tennessee Lookout. Our next question is, how will you ensure that Nashville will not continue to lose homes due to gentrification and big business expansion? Freddie? Ronald, this is in many ways one of the most challenging elements because, uh, for instance, in my own neighborhood over the past 16 years, first as a neighborhood leader and then as a Metro Council member, uh, you realize how limited the toolkit is. Um, in fact, uh, one of the places that Alice and I got a chance to collaborate was on a neighborhood conservation zoning overlay uh, for her neighborhood of Edge Hill. And we used a very similar tool uh, in Salem Town to protect the housing stocks. Now, the difficulty is in most neighborhoods in Nashville, uh, for instance, if I wanted to knock my house down and build two tall and skinnies in its place uh, on the land that our house is on, uh, it would be perfectly permissible for me to do so without a rezoning request or any other contact than with the codes department to get a building permit. Um, in most cases, Communities need to stand together uh, like ours did in Salem Town and like uh, we worked on collaboratively in Edge Hill to ensure that those historic neighborhoods in particular that have a lot of character uh, use the tools to protect themselves and the integrity that is important to them, uh, particularly if it's character driven. Now, at the same time, there are areas where you want to increase housing uh, for specific populations. And so right in our neighborhood, not only do we have the Nashville Rescue Mission Women and Children's Campus, which was there before we were uh, and is redeveloping right now to create some more space for uh, transitional housing for people who were previously unhoused. Uh, we're taking a dormant Lutheran church and starting to add affordable housing specifically for a population of seniors in Nashville so that they can age in place with dignity uh, on a major transit corridor, walking distance from a grocery store, walking distance from a library, walking distance from a park and community center. Uh, tying communities together while we think about how we keep housing intact for uh, long-term residents is key. The state doesn't give us many tools to use at a local level to do this. I've had people suggest, couldn't we 
allow long-term homeowners uh, to have a break on their property taxes. Well, we do have one program for that. And as mayor, I expect to move forward in a coordinated way to keep people in their homes longer. Thanks to the leadership of Representative Harold Love, we got an income threshold increase for that program. If you're 65 and older and earn $60,000 a year, up to $60,000 a year, you can freeze your property taxes in perpetuity. This is a great way to avoid displacement, uh, which is one of the biggest things we've seen people feeling, as Dr. Hildreth referenced earlier, feeling forced out of their communities. We can lessen that feeling as we go forward in a coordinated way and I expect to do that as mayor. Thank you, Freddie. Alice, now to you in terms of how would you deal with gentrification and big business expansion? Yeah, so I, I appreciate um, Freddie mentioning that we we did work here in Edge Hill uh, to try and in, in places to preserve some of our older um, housing stocks. So um, I think that the biggest challenge we are experiencing in a lot of neighborhoods in Nashville is whether or not people think of their homes as a savings account or if they think of their homes as an ATM machine. And I find typically that is the challenge. This proliferation, Nashville has about 20% higher non uh, or rental occupied units, so non-owner occupied units than the national average. And so we are feeling the tension in a very real way of, um, of speculators, of people coming in to say, how can I make the most money possible out of this piece of land, out of this ATM machine, if I'm running it as a short-term rental, and less about how am I putting down roots to live, to stay. And of course, we all want to see home values um, increase over time, as that is the most families' largest um, generational savings account. Uh, so in terms of some of the addressing that tension, as the councilman has said, there are a few tools in the toolbox to do that. I do think that we can approach um, the question of our communities um, and the concept of a community development block grant that we see effectively used in rural areas of the state. I think that there are opportunities to be more creative in our approach with the state um, around recognizing that all parts of Davidson County are not actually equivalent, that the population that we have 10% of the state's population and starting to think of it uh, maybe in areas that are underserved from a healthcare perspective as are aspects of North Nashville that are underserved as a food desert. Um, how do we start to look at other models in the community development block grant concept and to think of it as perhaps it doesn't apply to all of Davidson County, but it perhaps it applies uh, to areas that we do see have had long-term underinvestment and that in that way, we may have uh, more in common and more opportunities um, than we have in the past. Thank you, Alice. Let's move on to economic development. And then just a reminder that we're trying to keep our responses to about two minutes because we got a lot of fun stuff to cover. But in terms of economic development, uh, Freddie, we'll start with you. What steps will you take to promote inclusive economic development and underserved and, under, and underrepresented communities in Nashville, ensuring that they have equal access to opportunities for growth, entrepreneurship, and sustainable prosperity. Great, thank you. So one of the keys here, as I mentioned, is the the multi-part approach we're taking to uh, building out an office of opportunity. For a few years now, we haven't had a sustained focus on economic and community development. That's something I wanna move forward with. I was pleased to be a part of uh, creation of the Equal Business Opportunity Program within Metro uh, a few years ago to ensure that 
uh, DBs, those business entities typically owned by minorities and or women, uh, have greater access to the metro procurement process. That's a big deal. Uh, my colleague, Councilmember Hurt, uh, put a, a provision into the stadium deal agreement that was passed that uh, would also make sure that that's a key part of the effort to build out the stadium footprint in the East Bank. I think it's going to be imperative that we have stronger targets for what happens because that's going to be a critical four-year project as we move towards some important 20, 27 timelines. As Metro puts capital projects out in the world, uh, we need to make sure, uh, as with the soccer stadium project, that we have uh, strong DB participation. Then we come back to scenarios that have already come up in this conversation this evening, like a renaissance for Jefferson Street and the ideas of returning live music to it. We've had a difficult community conversation about um, for instance, using the power of infrastructure to heal the harms of I-40 that took through this community a long time ago. But as we're having those conversations, we have to have them beyond just the way that you might put a cap on the interstate and instead look to how might that cap offer specific opportunities for black owned businesses along a corridor like Jefferson Street that ties together three critical historically black colleges and universities and connect that to how we develop and maintain affordable housing, which we've already talked about a little bit. Today. But I think the key is going to be having an umbrella within the mayor's office and that office of opportunity. Thank you, Freddie. Alice, again, the question is, what steps would you take to promote inclusive economic development in underserved and underrepresented communities in Nashville to help, to help everyone get a piece of the pie? Uh, so first, I think um, our, our biggest detriment is our failure in uh, large aspects of North Nashville to appropriately serve our children there. We see the difference in literacy rates and that long-term challenge that that creates and the ability uh, for our students to compete, to be college and career ready, uh, to compete for the high-wage jobs coming to our city. So I think it all starts with getting that part right first. Uh, secondly, it is to continue uh, to invest in uh, new opportunities such as the Freeman Center at Fisk that have recently been opened. Um, but it's also to do what we're doing right here, to recognize that um, we can also bring in uh, entrepreneurial mentors and other supports through technology and through transferring um, individuals across. So programs like the TWEND program that is funded by the state and run through the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. It's also to uh, model the way as an investor in the community. So I have both led, managed, and grown significant companies, and I've also been an investor here in Tennessee in minority-owned uh, businesses, specifically in a 100% uh, disabled veteran-owned business, and then specifically in uh, the business, the largest single investment I've ever made in a business in Nashville or anywhere, is uh, our state's uh, first Black woman to have raised more than a million dollars for her own company. I'm proud to be an investor in that company and to champion uh, the work of entrepreneurs across our city, breaking barriers and bringing uh, more people uh, who have not historically received investment to the table and to be successful business leaders. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more from the mayoral forum hosted by Meharry Medical College and the Urban League of Tennessee. Stay with us. This is Nashville. Khalil Ekelona, 
and this is Nashville. Let's get back to the mayoral forum hosted by Meharry Medical College and the Urban League of Middle Tennessee on August 23rd, featuring candidates Freddie O'Connell and Alice Rowley. Here again is moderator Ronald Roberts. All right, our next question is, what development policies will your administration continue from the current administration? And what policies, if any, would you eliminate? Freddie? So this is an interesting question because generally speaking, um, the mayor's office is involved in development only in terms of the capital projects that you endorse or the big deals that you do. So, I mean, I guess what I would say is, again, our entire campaign has been premised on the idea of a Nashville for Nashvillians. And so I think one of the things that I'm looking to do from a public investment strategy is to invest in ourselves uh, and not spend as much of our public energy, metro dollars, uh, access to the idea of attracting visitors uh, as tourists. I mean, I, I've always expected that if we're a great place to live, first and foremost, we will continue to be a great place to visit. Um, we know there are some things we're committed to doing, uh, building out an East Bank around the Titan Stadium. That is now a commitment. Uh, we still have future opportunities to consider, like the uh, Hickory Hollow Mall site will continue to be a place where we want to make sure that we build a project out there that is that compatible with my colleague council member Stiles and the residents she's worked so hard with to create a vision for arts and transit uh, and collaboration and some nonprofit activation. I think all of those things have potential out there alongside uh, some of the educational opportunities we've already seen. I would say the most important thing I would want to continue, having just spent time uh, at the ribbon cuttings for Goodlettsville Elementary and James Lawson High School, We've demonstrated in those two communities, Goodlettsville and Bellevue, uh, that we can build great schools and schools that teachers uh, and students alike will thrive in in learning environments. And I would want a development plan that makes sure we get those kinds of public assets into the communities that have said over and over again they want to see them uh, connected by the sidewalks that communities want on streets that have lower traffic rates and traffic calming, which is one of the most important projects in, in Nashville and Metro and one of the most popular. Thank you. Alice, the question, what development policies would your administration continue from the current administration or what, policy, what policies would you eliminate? Uh, can you help me when you say development policies? Because I think we probably are interpreting that word differently. <clears throat> well, I'm going to let you tell me what you how you want to go with it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, the first aspect of development policy I think about is human capital development. Uh, one thing I would like to see us do more of uh, is to recruit more um individuals who are career changers to become teachers across our county. Um, I've done that in a previous uh, in a previous life and actually worked with a group out of Memphis called Man Up, run by Dr. Patrick Washington, uh, specifically around helping recruit more men of color to serve as teachers in our cities and our state schools. The importance of having a strong male role model and to have a strong male teacher uh, it is shown uh, throughout the data as improving outcomes for our students um, in our minority majority school districts in Nashville. So I'd like to say uh, my interpretation of development policies is to think first about our single greatest asset, which is our human development and our human capital. And how are we bringing to bear tools and models that are working in other cities, bringing those here 
and raising up um, our uh, quality of education and bringing more people who may be career changers into our city's classrooms. As you both know, North Nashville is a vibrant community filled with residents who want to do everything they can to make the community even better than it is now. And they wanna work with Metro to make sure that happens. The Academic Mile is an opportunity for the Jefferson Street Corridor and the 37208 area code to gain much needed investments, development empowerment opportunities, create affordable housing, and improve the health and wellness of residents. A critical component of the Academic Mile will be public and private partnerships. So Freddie, the question is, what are you going to do to support minority-owned businesses and entrepreneurs in the underserved neighborhoods such as North Nashville? Uh, so I, I think I touched on that probably in the answer to another question some is first to continue to support uh, the newly opened or newly opening uh, Freeman Center at Fisk University to uh, encourage um, the partnership between the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and, uh, and the Freeman Center uh, to look at the growing and expanding human capital that we are attracting here uh, through expanded enrollment that we're seeing nationally, but here in Nashville for HBCUs. How do we capture that talent, keep that talent here by building uh, a, 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 a place for access to capital, access to tech transfer and commercialization from our universities, um, both uh, from Meharry, from Fisk, and also from Vanderbilt and our other academic partners? Um, how do we start to uh, build those connectivity places so that um, so that uh, research coming out of our HBCUs and out of our academic partners can be commercialized here, can be funded here, and can be built and grown by entrepreneurs that are attracted here uh, for their education. We know so many, um, so many of our city's great minority-led businesses, their leadership came for TSU, came for Fisk, uh, came for Meharry, and stayed because we created the capital environment uh, and the networking environment to do that. And so then personally, I can say uh, that I have put my money where my mouth is. I have invested in uh, Black-owned businesses actually more um, than any other single business I've ever invested in. So I think I can lead the way, model the way, and ask the private sector um, and, and, our, and our university partners to come to the table. The question is, what are you going to do to support minority-owned businesses and entrepreneurs um, in underserved neighborhoods such as North Nashville? Uh, well, so this, you started the, the question contains a little bit of its own answer in that we have three magnificent academic institutions along Jefferson Street in Fisk University, Meharry Medical College, and Tennessee State University, and not very far away, American Baptist College as well. Uh, it's important to continue to do a few things there. I've had a legacy of making sure as representative uh, for the past eight years of Fisk University's entire campus and TSU's Avon Williams campus. I've worked with both of those institutions. Uh, one of the most powerful collaborations we had with my colleague, Councilmember Hurt, again, and Mayor Cooper, was that $10 million investment in the incubation center that will exist on their campus. Uh, Fisk and TSU both are showing us what it means to have uh, strong enrollment increases, and Meharry Medical College is increasing its increase, 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 programs increase, as well. Uh, these academic, these signs of academic progress are going to translate eventually into workforce success uh, for more and more people. Uh, one of the other things I would mention is an important legacy of our American Rescue Plan Act one-time federal funding that I led just before I left Metro Council. Uh, we ensured that our four HBCUs would be able to have their faculty, staff, and students 
uh, take advantage of the WeGo Ride program that allows them to use their university ID to access transit without having to worry about a fare. Uh, in, ensuring that we get those kinds of one-time costs covered uh, with one-time funding from federal partners gives our major HBCU academic institutions a leg up as we do this. Overall, as we continue to turn the corner there, though, we're going to need to invest in infrastructure for Jefferson Street and connecting these communities like uh, the new community transit center that is underway uh, at Clarksville Highway right now, uh, and then making sure that the service delivery that we offer as a government uh, matches the investments we're making in projects like that incubation center. But it's fantastic to get over to Fisk campus right now and see innovations in housing as they lead the way on capturing that enrollment growth. Ready? Now we're coming right back to you with our next question. How will you ensure that the community is involved in economic decisions that directly impact them? Yeah, so I think this is where a lot of the template that I've established as a district council member is really important. Every single time that we've had a development project come uh, to the table, we've always taken it straight to the community uh, to discuss it. I think similarly, uh, one of the things that I spent a lot of time in and the, the pathway that led to my skepticism to an eventual opposition to the recent stadium deal uh, was not the idea that we shouldn't uh, use public land or public resources to facilitate a conversation about a football team. It was that uh, the overall scenario of community conversation uh, especially in North Nashville, uh, was demonstrating some of that skepticism. So I think it is very important. I will say as a former neighborhood leader, one of the things I look most forward to reinvigorating in the mayor's office is a mayor's office of neighborhoods. Uh, before I was ever running for anything or elected to anything, I got to do two amazing things. I got to participate uh, in the mayor's office uh, of neighborhoods captains program that brought neighborhood leaders together from across the city, right into the neighborhood, into the mayor's office to work on concerns directly at the neighborhood level and use the convening power of the mayor's office sometimes to solve problems that either needed multiple departments or needed a comprehensive solution to resolve. The other is my city academy. In 2014, uh, as a neighborhood leader, I got to join with uh, leaders from the New Americans community here in Nashville uh, as we tried to tie together the fabric of people that were just arriving here or representing communities that maybe weren't as established directly with established neighborhood leaders. That taught us all about the whole of Metro. And I think it's important for citizens to have that deep knowledge about their government. I was also invited to participate years ago in the North Nashville Leadership Council. And it's really important to have these community level organizations constantly participating in the success of government. Thanks for tuning in to this special broadcast of the August 23rd Mayoral Forum hosted by Meharry Medical College and the Urban League of Middle Tennessee in partnership with WPLN and the Tennessee Lookout. Alice, the question again is, how will you ensure that the community is involved in economic decisions that will directly impact them? Yeah, well, I would say um, I, I, I will. Um, and here's, here is my pledge and my ask to everyone watching this. Over the last eight years, you have been given a lot of promise by a lot of politicians. And I can think back to how angry it made me to watch as Fort Negley was being handed out the side door, how a mayor was making decisions in the dark, giving all of the diversity points to a team of three white men and no diversity points to Devinder Sandhu's team. We could see that and we could name it, but for some reason, we didn't want to break it. I would say, too, that there were decisions made in the dark that, that directly impacted 
North Nashville families and access to care and access to health care. Look at the decisions that were made uh, by the, this insider's crowd that has been running our city for too long that ultimately uh, created a situation where the council voted on an MLS deal for a billionaire soccer club owner, and then days later made the decision to close Meharry. How was that an appropriately timed or an appropriately discussed decision with the community and with the stakeholders? I think for too long, uh, and, I, and I know you can say, Alice, you don't have all of the relationships of 15 years of knowing who's friends with who and who you have to ask first, but I'd actually say that makes me incredibly um, rational in looking at the problem and saying, how are we going to solve the problem, bring the people to the table and get a result and less about trying to settle scores of 20 years of who gets to be first, whose name gets to be on the project, who gets uh, the credit. So I'm definitely not part of that crowd. I'm part of the crowd that says, let's be transparent about the decisions that we're making. Uh, let's be forthright about the budget. Let's not hide things uh, in the dark and then spring them on the council or on others later. So I can say that I've, I've tried to act that way um, in the work that I've done uh, as a business leader. And I think that that is the kind of work when I say that we have to reset the compact between our citizens and our city hall. I think that's the kind of approach that our citizens are looking for. Thank you both. And you've done a great job of answering a lot of questions on a lot of different topics. So now we're gonna turn it over to you. We're gonna give each of you two minutes for a closing remarks. And Freddie, we'll start with you. Great, thank you, Ronald. And thank you again to Mary Medical College. Thanks to those who have tuned in. I know the Tennessee Lookout uh, was a, a media partner for this event as well. Uh, so appreciate their participation. Uh, my name is Freddie O'Connell. Uh, I'm running for mayor. This has been an important conversation about uh, a part of the city and part of the community that we have not always invested in. Uh, I'm fortunate to have represented the Metro Council's 19th district over the past eight years. Uh, and I'm especially proud that as we've gotten to this point in the conversation, uh, that many who were previous competitors are now supporters, uh, from Jim Gingrich to Matt Wilcher to State Senators Garbro. Uh, and Campbell, who participated in the mayor's race, I'm delighted to have their support, uh, as well as former Congressman Jim Cooper, uh, former State Senator Brenda Gilmore. Uh, I've had more endorsements from both Metro Council members and the Davidson County Delegation of the General Assembly that I think speaks to the importance of the state and local relationship as we go forward. Uh, among organizations that have backed our campaign, we had uh, support not just from the business community, be it the Nashville Business Coalition and also the Buffalo Pack, uh, but also our friends in the labor community and the Central Labor Council. Uh, the, then beyond that, into community organizations like the Equity Alliance Fund and Turk Votes. I think this coalition to, is helping determine that there is a consensus about the way forward for Nashville. And that ultimately has to do, again, with the way we invest in ourselves. What I've said from for months in this campaign is that it is important now to use our public investment strategies to build more Ville and less Vegas. And ultimately that means strengthening those public assets, strengthening the delivery of core public services and doing so in a very equitable way because fundamentally I want you to stay in Nashville. We know the challenges that we faced as a city from cost of living and quality of life. And we know that we can build safety in our communities, schools that work for everybody and a Nashville that works. I look forward to doing so as your mayor. Please come out and vote on September 14th. My name is Freddie O'Connell. Thanks so much. Thank you, Freddie. Alice? 
Thank you for joining us tonight. And thank you, uh, Mahiri, uh, for being our host in the Tennessee Lookout. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation um, about, about the community of North Nashville and about the city as a whole. As we look across the last eight years, we've done one thing three times. We've moved a desk from the city council over to the mayor's office. We've brought with it the web of complicated and sometimes conflicting relationships that frequently get in the way of doing the work for the people who live here and the people who need our help the most. So I think right now the election is pretty clear. It is a choice about whether or not we consider and continue the insider's work of raising taxes, watching our schools decline, and watching our city feel less safe. Or do we come with a fundamental reset and an approach of how we govern and how we work pragmatically and with a purpose beyond the politics of the day? My name is Alice Rowley. I'm a Nashville native, former uh, education and economic community development official for the state under Governor Bill Haslam and a former aide to Senator Lamar Alexander. I know frequently people will say they like to vote for or against a party. And I will remind all of us here what happened to our state in 1974 when we did that. When we chose to elect an individual uh, because we didn't like the other candidate's party, we elected Ray Blanton and what happened? We know what happened and we know the end of that story. So we also saw when we elected someone for a person that that person was the first person to ever nominate an African-American to the Tennessee Supreme Court. So I would offer, this is a nonpartisan race when everyone lines up by team and they don't look at the person and they don't look at the progress, they end up making a result that is not in the best interest of the citizens. I look forward to visiting further and you can see my website, alicerolly.com. Thank you. We appreciate that and we wish you the both, we wish you both the best of luck in the upcoming election. And for all the voters out there, just want to remind you, election day is Thursday, September 14th. We encourage everyone to exercise their right to vote. For more details, check out Nashville.gov. We thank you and we wish you a good night. And thank you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by our senior producer, Steve Harouche. Laura Boach is our technical director. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Michelle Steele, Kenneth Mars, Holly McCall, Casey Newcomer, and Marjorie Pomroy Wallace. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at thisisnashville or find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. Hey, we'll be off air next week, but we'll be seeing you on September 11th. Until then, be good to each other.